episode of Plan B Success. We have Jordan Levy with us today, who's actually on the road, and he's been on the road since the pandemic started. He's originally from New York, that's where I think he was before he hit the road, and today he's in Savannah, Georgia. Now, Jordan runs a company by name CapSource, where he helps in building and scaling industry-integrated project-based experiential learning programs. I know that's a mouthful and we'll find out what that's all about, but basically he's working with companies to design projects based on what their requirements are. So having said that, let's welcome Jordan and we'll get started. Welcome, Jordan. Hello, Rajiv. It's nice to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me on Plan B. Absolutely. So why don't we begin with uh, what's experiential learning all about? Yeah, it's, it's great um, to start there. And, and, you know, recently we actually completed the cycle and that's what we were kind of working on for the longest time is, you know, we understand what experiential learning is for students and for universities and institutions who we've been partnering with for, you know, over four years now, but um, we had to complete the cycle by understanding what was on the other side of the equation, which is projects with industry. And um, for industry stakeholders, whether it's a nonprofit, um, you know, that's that's as big and bold as American Cancer Society, um, or if it's you know a little startup that's just you know coming to um, you know founders are just meeting and trying to put some MVP together, you know, students can really learn a lot from the trials and tribulations of of what real professionals are going through. And when we ask ourselves, well, really, now that we've done it like 300 times, we should know what's in it for the companies and it's experiential hiring. And of course, you know, during the process of, of you know, sending students off to the races on working on a research challenge for you, you learn about, you know, whatever the challenge area is, go to market strategy, um, you know, entering, um, changing a pricing uh, for a certain product, um, researching, uh, regulation in certain regions that you look to enter. Even we got a recent one um, with uh, Eternal Floor, a company based overseas that wanted help raising their series, their seed round series A um, investment. And so, you know, for students, they learn so much and, and they get to develop some real outcomes for companies who really get to use those resources. And then more importantly, if there's a real opportunity there, hire those students. And so that's really what experiential hiring is all about. Awesome. So let's kind of delve into your own background. You know, what, what did you study and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, it's a good question. So I started, um, I grew up in the New York area. Um, I actually had been from there my whole life up until I was 18 and actually went to, um, I went to college in the Pennsylvania area, Eastern PA at a school called Lehigh and spent about uh, four years in that area, kind of commuting between New York and the city, I mean, New York and uh, Pennsylvania. And at that point, um, kind of realized, hey, I, I really wanna live in New York and work in the city and work in accounting and finance. And I learned um, of KPMG when I was a sophomore, I earned myself an internship going into my, my senior year. Um, and that was really my first professional experience. And I really ne never really got a chance to um, try anything else. I was a camp counselor until then. And so I kind of, by the end of senior year was like, wow, I, I really don't wanna 
be a full-time KPMG employee. I actually really don't like accounting and finance. It's fun. I think it's a part of being a, a business owner and, and running a business. It was such a great degree and, and skill set to learn, but I didn't want to do it professionally. But I also didn't know what I wanted to do professionally. Um, and so I kind of turned that like like search of inspiration and, and, um, and curiosity um, quenching, we'll call it, uh, into my job. And I basically went to go look for companies to work with students. I was like, you know, first of all, work with me, right? I'm kind of a learner. I want to find out what you do and, you know, can I help you in some way? Um, and the cool thing is we were a bit originally charging schools. Um, and so we never really had to charge companies. So it was really easy to get them to participate in these programs. Um, and now we are charging companies to participate, which is a new feature of our platform um, when they want to do really high quality um, experiential hiring programs that are custom um, and built and managed through our technology. Um, there's a small fee, but there's uh, other ways to get started with us that are, that are free. And it's been really awesome to kind of learn and test out all these different ways to get companies to participate in the learning process of people, um, but also in the hiring and um, diversification of the talent pipeline perspective as well. Awesome. So do you have a team support you? I know you're on the road, but uh, do you have a team that's um, kind of grounded somewhere and supporting you or how does this work? So CapSource is a fully virtual team. Um, we have been ever since we started actually way before the pandemic. And um, you have to, what you what you lose in in physical space, you make up for in technology. And we're a technology company at its core. But instead of having swivel chair managers and and constant connections and check-ins, we have virtual teams that we manage through virtual tools. And so everything from project management on Asana, CRM, and practices through the our HubSpot, um, Slack for communication. Every, there's a tool for everything now, web conferencing, re, like religiously internal and external meetings. Um, and then we just let people get to work and, and do, or, do the work well. I mean, our culture at CapSource is all about learning and we want people to learn. And we want people to be where they are and be comfortable and be able to provide for their family first and foremost, and then come to work and learn and also benefit other people that want to learn. Awesome. And then can you differentiate between experiential learning and experiential hiring, two words that you used. And what are we trying to do with this? Is it basically to correct the skills gap issues that we see out in the industry, or is it more than that? Yeah, so, you know, the best estimates that we have indicate that there's, you know, less than 2 million internships available every year. And that's really the only major practice of experiential hiring that's out there, which is you know, orchestrated by companies to provide, you know, young talent with opportunity to get hired. Now, the reality is about four to 5 million students are leaving, you know, undergraduate and, and graduate programs and going into careers. Um, so they're definitely interested in internships on, a, on an annual basis. So we can at least double, triple it and, and call it safe. But there's 20 million that are enrolled in college in total and about 80 million people that fit the age gap of about 16 to 34 um, and are really curious about what's out there, want to network, want to meet people and, and engage in a meaningful way. So experiential learning is the process that candidates and students go through 
when participating in these programs. And experiential hiring is really the process that companies go through when they're engaging you know, an audience that doesn't currently work with them, uh, but is, is interested in them. And then actually doesn't want to send a resume with a hopeful cover letter into an abyss, but they actually want to earn an opportunity to prove that they can make a difference at that company and prove that even though they don't fit the mold or have a degree or a GPA, they can still make it the distance um, and make an impact. And so I think that's really where experiential hiring comes in is being able to um, attract and retain, uh, attract and qualify and hire and retain the, the, the best performing talent on programs that are like internships or case assessments, things that really open the door to um, getting talent involved in the organization. Mm -hmm. So was this a, by choice? How did you get into this whole, whole field? Pretty much, you know, when I was in school, I just went to go experiment. I said to myself, wow, like I experienced this. I wonder, you know, if the people calling the shots on the curriculum, you know, are, are experiencing this or hearing this from other students like me. And I, I learned that, yeah, um, you know, they, they were starting to feel, you know, this skills gap challenge, which is, you know, our students prepared for day one on the job. I think pervasively right now, the answer is no. I think that schools are doing a lot to make improvements. They're also going through a renaissance with technology, which is, you know, in large part due to um, ex expedited trends because of, you know, COVID and the pandemic. So, you know, I think it's been pretty interesting to work with them as they've evolved as, um, as, as organizations that are becoming more efficient and effective at what they do. And, I think experiential learning is a piece of the puzzle that is needed to solve the skills gap. I think, you know, regular curriculum, content-based curriculum, you know, traditional confines of university systems work well, but they need, students need to graduate with a sense of reality. And I think that a lot of students don't because they're working on um, only like theory-based projects with stakeholders that don't really care about the outcomes of those projects. If you're doing a class project, no one really, uh, reads it besides the professor and then the professor has seen a thousand of them before and there's no you know real stakes and so I think students need a taste of that reality to make a big difference and that's really what we're what we're all about at Castors. Awesome so in terms of uh, you know companies nowadays right a lot of them are kind of building their own ecosystems like uh, their own university systems in terms of attracting talent training them, retaining them, and shaping them for what they want within their organizations. So how does that uh, come into play with, with, with a company like yours? And, and then the kind of even playing the, the intermediary between universities and, and these kinds of organizations? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really interesting. And one of the things that we did to get this business off the ground is we started with really services to understand our customer. And that, that's probably the biggest piece of advice I have for you know, budding entrepreneurs and, and folks that are kind of inspired to create something is figure out the change you wanna make in the world and you know, go talk to people and see if they agree with you. And that's, that's kind of how we started. We went to schools and said, who out there wants to do this? And you know, it's not everyone. There's, we're right now working with early adopters of experiential education. Um, so a lot of programs like capstone programs are popular now in senior, senior 
level students get a chance to work on a real project for three months during a semester. Um, so those are the low hanging fruit for us is just meeting those faculty and saying, hey, you're doing something innovative. You know, can we help you build this, scale this, track this, monitor this, um, improve this? And, you know, a lot of people hold those programs very near and dear to their heart and aren't ready to, you know, incorporate technology that's going to change the way that they do things. And that's, that's what technology does, right? Like we, um, Capsular's like every other tech company is trying to become a household name where people that people know of um, because it impacted their life in some way positive. And so, you know, they're big institutions, big schools. We've worked with, you know, students at Harvard University. Um, we have worked with students from the University of Notre Dame, um, from the University of Richmond. So, you know, it's been amazing to meet the diverse of diversity of people first and foremost, that you can interact with that are from these schools all across, you know, the United States and the and throughout rest of the world. And then you also get to meet business leaders, which is really one of my favorite things in the world, because once you get schools and educators thrilled and excited about the chance of working with companies, then you get to talk to companies and, you know, find the ones that say, hey, that sounds pretty cool. Um, that's how we started. And then we started to really develop much better programming for companies and tooling through our product. Um, we also offer an enterprise technology um, solution where you know they our, our industry and academic partners can custom tailor their experiential learning and experiential hiring system to their needs um, and then you know create their own you know programs and manage those through the system. And it really it helps to ensure that the experience is branded in a way that that can be you know, proud for the organizations that brand it. Um, and so we're, we're really growing our connect system, which is exactly that. It's both the features and the brandability and customizability. Awesome. So in terms of the services that you provide under the cap source umbrella, you know, how would you distinguish that? You know, I know you're catering to colleges and universities, the education system, students, as well as organizations. So do you, I'm sure you have something unique for each of them, but how would you categorize them? So we essentially have three major um, audiences that we serve through CapSource. Um, the most obvious one is the learner. We build our system around optimizing their experience, um, but ultimately they're not our key stakeholder because we're working at an enterprise level with institutions and their academic mentors and educators. Um, and we also work with industry partners and their mentors as well and, and um, hiring personnel. So, you know, getting started on the CapSource system is, is completely free. You can create um, a little case study assessment and start, you know, getting talent um, if you're a company. Um, or you can create class projects if you're matched with, a, you know, an appropriate school based on the challenge that you have. Otherwise, we can curate an audience for that particular project. And that's one of our internship programs. And schools are, are able to similarly, you know, match with companies and, and, you know, use our system to build and manage their program. Um, and so that's really kind of the entry level, um, entry, entry level product for us. And then as they evolve in our ecosystem, um, our hope is to move more folks onto our enterprise software um, which is a fully custom uh, version of our system and used to really make these programs scalable, branded, 
um, and you can configure lots of different aspects. So um, those are pretty much the, the offerings that we have. Um, it's program development and enterprise software related to experiential learning and hiring. And in terms of uh, your clientele and where you're catering to, is that uh, generally across the world? Yes, yeah, so we've uh, worked you know, predominantly with U.S. organizations, but you know, experiential learning and hiring can happen across borders, which has you know, been really cool um, to see. We've had students in Afghanistan work on projects related to um, DoorDash and their you know, efforts to try and expand the business into the university landscape and create the meal plan of the future. So you know, that's, that for us is really exciting. We've had you know, a company in the Philippines coach um, entrepreneurs working on a wheelchair that can be controlled um, with head movements when people do not have control over the rest of their body. And um, we had, you know, them, the, you know, they're based in Germany. So you have student team from Holy Angel University in the Philippines work with a company from Germany. And, you know, obviously we're based in the U.S., but have team members across the entire Middle East and Asia. So we, you know, we're really excited to be making those global connections and making global a global difference. And I think that's been really a lot of fun. Awesome. So what, what's the plan of the future, uh, you know, as you go on? One, you know, two questions actually there. One is, you know, being a remote and a virtual company, how did the pandemic uh, treat you as an organization? And then going forward, what are the future plans? So um, every year we've doubled in size um, since we started in terms of revenue and headcount and various other metrics. So we want to continue doubling. Um, I think another thing that we're doing actually for the first time is fundraising. And I think that process is really special um, because it really forces you as a business leader to think about the future in quantifiable terms, you know, OKRs. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we feel lucky that the pandemic it definitely has caused a lot of disturbances and pain and frustration, which you know is being experienced by every company. And you know, I I really do my best to see glass half full in every circumstance. And you know, there, we have saw, of course, saw this as an opportunity, but we all we we did also realize that you know the higher ed industry has experienced the most turnover it's ever experienced over the last you know eleven months which is really scary for these schools. I mean, they're, they see their colleagues and, you know, situations changing around them. And so, you know, we, we're trying to be as helpful as we can and also stay alive. Um, and so for the time being, we've really invested a lot into our technology to make their experience better. Um, you know, we've helped to you know, put packages together at discounts for schools that didn't have the budgets that they really thought they would or um, should have to do programs like this. And, you know, we're ultimately focusing a lot on the industry partners to step in here and help where they can, right? Like these are programs that you know, ultimately lead to a more enthusiastic contingency out there. And one of the things that I, I always say is that um, from 2020 to 1970, it's, it's amazing how many companies have disappeared off of the Fortune 500 list. Um, it's like under under 10% can really make it through. 
And my like, you know, my, my, my long-term hypothesis is if you can get really big, bold companies like that to work with the next generation, that won't happen. And the reason why is everyone's growing up seeing that product as a piece of their life in some way and something that they can get involved in. And I think that's a really special connection that you can have, even if you don't end up working there. And like, of course, you know, right now, a company like um, EY or KPMG, like the intern I participated in, has a program for 2000 students and ultimately hires about 1600 of those students. Well, I think they should be providing you know, internships for 10,000 students, but how do we make that valuable for you know, KPMG? And so that's really what CapSource aims to do is make them scalable so that more people can experience what it's like to be you know, internal at KPMG. What's the culture like? What types of projects? How can I help them? Can I add value? Should I, you know, should I be hired? Um, and I think that's what experiential hiring is about. And it's also what experiential learning is about. And so I think we're the first company really making that connections and making it customizable through enterprise software. And I'm hoping that, you know, we'll continue to grow as a virtual company and really help more people and, and find their, you know, find their dreams come true and be able to chase curiosity and monetize it, as I like to say. You know, how much of our traditional education system do you think is still valid in today's time with all these changes coming together? Do you still believe that there's a place for our traditional education system or does it, uh, or, or is the pace of change too slow for it? I mean, I think that it, it's only a matter of time until, you know, the change of pace has to catch up. It, and it has been. I think that schools have made drastic improvements and they're starting to attract people that can actually implement those changes and they're starting to use vendors to help make those changes. And I went on a webinar recently that said these school, schools are basically education curators now. They're not education creators, they're education curators. And you know that that is different than the K-12 system because you really do you know have to instill principles and you know higher ed or, or tertiary education is you know, really an opt-in model only. You're like, you're not, you're not obliged to go, you know, it, there's questions of whether or not you'll be prepared. But one thing, you know, the reason why we target schools is because we, we believe that of the 20 million people that are in, enrolled in formal education, they're the most likely future leaders. And the reason why that is, is when you talk to leaders of businesses right now, every single one of them has a degree. So obviously they're doing something right. It's just about evolving, right? So that, so that they could do it better. Honestly, and like the, you know, who knows if cap source and experiential learning and hiring is like, you know, a small piece of that model or a big, you know, Uber-like portion of that model. We hope it's an Uber-like portion uh, because we believe that students need these experiences and that when schools and companies are left to their own accord, they just won't create them. And if they do, and I, you know, I mentioned KPMG and, and EY, these are some of the largest intern programs in the entire country. And then they pay their interns like $15,000 for the summer. Like that's a completely unscalable model. And we just need more opportunities for people to get out there and practice and connect and network. Um, and I think that's what we're really trying to solve for. Awesome. So as a part of what you're doing, are you also creating any kind of uh, proprietary technologies as such? Yeah, well, so the interesting thing about most talent platforms is that they're really just an amalgamation of features that can be used to deliver an excellent outcome, and it's never ended, right? Like, think about 
Facebook. There's, of course, some proprietary stuff built into their algorithms and their um, and their 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 social network, you know, and mm -hmm. the ability to socialize. But but truly, nothing in and of itself within that is is novel. It's all just reinvented constantly. And like CapSource is also reinvented constantly on a shoestring budget compared to Facebook. But you know, we we make changes based on what we're learning from our users, and we trust our power users a little bit more than you know folks that have never experienced the platform and worked with us. And so um, I think that there, um, there's certainly something proprietary about the way that we help operationalize these, these types of programs in a way that's custom branded and rich in features. And so I think it's, it's amazing to be a user of your own product. I don't know if everyone gets a chance to do that as an entrepreneur, um, but like, you know, we do and we get to serve our clients and actually use our product and make it better and and use that use those features and you know you really use that um experimentation process to validate that features are needed um, and get feedback on those features as they're developed and you know it's been amazing we, we rolled out a whole program management feature recently which allows people to put folks on a timeline request deliverables and feedback and and really kind of you know, ensure that the actual experiences that we put, you know, into design into our system are actually managed appropriately. And that's how we're looking to ensure even more excellence. Like, you know, can any other companies do that? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know of any, um, not that are running their own programs, especially. So yeah, it's been, it's been really cool to develop technology. I've been in, you know, the technology space ever since I graduated as an education technology entrepreneur um, and really just like creating, you know, software and customizing that software so that it works um, is certainly something that I enjoy a lot. And it's one of the product development and, you know, feature development is one of the most exciting parts of what we do at CapSource. Awesome. So Jordan, one more question for you uh, is in terms of, uh, you know, the services that you're providing, and in terms of the partnerships and the integrations, I know you said you're focused more on the US at this point in time. Do you see the company scaling internationally at some point? Yeah, we're, we're definitely investing into international. I think actually that's what's gonna make our product way more defensible is can it serve audiences that are abroad? Everyone experiences the same challenges. We're one earth, um, a digital global company serving global customers already. I would say as of right now, probably about 15% of our revenue comes from overseas. Um, I would love to see that grow. I, it all depends on how growth goes in the US and you know, one needs to fund the other. And we definitely have more relationships and infrastructure in the US. Um, there's also definitely some nuances related to talent in different countries that we would have to explore. But I, I do wonder how many of the you know, of talent and education providers are able to do a good job overseas. Um, but I think that's one of the novelties of our um, platform is like, if you're a student, we had one University of Richmond um, right after the pandemic started was supposed to take their students to Peru to do a program on, you know, on the ground consulting for companies. And that whole thing was canceled 
because of COVID. And so they reached out to us and were like, hey, can, we, can you put a virtual version together for us? And I was like, yeah, why not? We just, you know, we emailed 500 entrepreneurs and leaders of business in Peru. It wasn't hard for them to say, yeah, I'd love to work with an MBA student group from Richmond. And then they were off to the races and they actually produced such incredible outcomes. We did a webinar with Thomas Koss, who's the leader of that program at the University of Richmond. He's the dean for um, international business. And he's just such a character that enjoys to make a difference on um, the students and companies that he brings together. And so we really had a lot of fun putting those programs together. And I look forward to doing many more because everyone serves the benefit if you're able to figure out the financial buy-in. Um, and I think that's what we really want companies to see is that there's really a lot of value in participating in these programs. And they take a lot of good engineering and product um, as well as you know customer assistance and support to make happen. And so I think that's why we're hoping that companies are interested in, in buying in and we certainly know schools are, um, but of course it's, you know, it's not the easiest thing to, to buy technology when you know, people are, are leaving the organization. So I'm hopeful that we'll become more international um, and further reaching in our efforts and really provide a solution that meaningfully, you know, educates people and helps them find jobs. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jordan, thank you for so much for sharing your story, your company. It's very inspirational, the work that you're doing, especially in this changing times you know, as we see everything accelerate and morph, you know, whether it's uh, being virtual, working from home, you know, studying from home, you know, whatever the experiences are. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It has been really great to be with you. And I, I love your questions and your curiosity. And I think podcasts are a great way to, to just meet folks that have something that they want to share with the world. And really pick their brain and, and chase your own curiosity as you're doing it. So I, I encourage uh, folks to get in touch with us on our website, capsource.io. Um, feel free to reach out by email um, or LinkedIn. Um, you can find me there. But um, it's been great to chat, Rajid, and I appreciate your help in uh, expanding the work that we do. Thank you very much.